Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 75. My name is John, and I am joined once again by Andrea. How's it going? Good, good. Happy Friday, TGIF, yeah. and all the other fun Friday sayings. <laughs> are there a lot of other ones? I don't know. I don't know. That's, those are, that's <laughs> all that? I got, and then I just pretended like there were more, so way to call <laughs> we'll me on it. We'll have to make some up. We'll have to make yeah. some up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're here to talk about pop culture things. Um, sometimes there's whiskey involved. I'll give you a little rundown of the show coming up tonight. Um, we'll kept, catch up on our weeks, what we've been up to. We'll talk some drink holidays. Go over some news we missed in the last week that uh, is maybe interesting to us. And then today is National Batman Day. So we're going to talk Batman later. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're going to get real spoilery towards the end of the episode because we both saw Malignant, mm -hmm. which is in theaters and on, and on HBO Max right now. Mm -hmm. So stick around for what you love. Stick around for all of it. Whatever. We're happy to have you. And um, Andrea, let everybody know, how's your, how's your week been? It's been pretty good. Uh, full and busy again as we recover in our household from COVID. Um, yeah, we, uh, we got to do some, some fun things, check out some fun shows. Uh, the return of football was this week, which is always obviously huge in our house. Um, so that was fun. I unfortunately lost my first fantasy football match. Uh, but my opponent was like the highest scorer and it's one of the highest scores we've ever seen. So I okay. don't know. I, I kind of felt like, you know, nobody was going to catch her at that point. She just had like sure. a lucky break. So okay. bummer, but still not enough to dampen my spirits about the return of football. So that was great. So tell me if my like just my ears hearing little things, you know, around about football. Um, sure. Is it true that Aaron Rodgers is now a long haired hippie? Yes. Yes, and that the weird. Packers are sucking balls. They did. I can't even. I can't even pretend to defend them after that performance. Okay. Um, honestly, I, yeah, I don't know if like Aaron Rodgers is reverse Samson and needs to cut his long hair in order to get his football <laughs> strength back. But I'm willing to like go sneak inside his house and shave his head at this point. You're willing to do that? Oh, wow. I am, okay. I am willing to do that. Yes. I will sacrifice. <laughs> I didn't know you'd be willing to sneak me in America. Rogers house. Yes. Right. Okay. I know. I know. So unusual <laughs> and unlike me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can't, like I said, defend the Packers first week showing. It was truly abysmal. We look like a peewee football team had somehow wandered onto an NFL field and the, and the ref was like, why not? Why not? This could be fun. Uh, it was not fun. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, um, you know. Yeah, it was it was not a good introduction to football for our little daughter. Um, at least the Vikings made, you know, kind of a show of it. You know, th there was a certain point where you knew the game was going to be over, but they kind of, you know, they made a last ditch push and uh -huh. maybe. Yeah, Packers couldn't even do that. So. Okay. Quite a bummer, but it was still fun to, to watch football in general, even sure. if uh, our teams did not win in this household. Okay. So, All right. So yeah, on to, uh, on to other fun things that I watched. Um, I watched the new season. I've not finished all of it, but I watched like the first half of the new season of Miracle Workers, 
They're doing Oregon right. Trail, which is like mm. staple of childhood. Like who did not go into computer lab and play oh, yeah. Oregon Trail as a 90s kid? So interesting. Okay, so you say or you said Oregon twice. Yeah. So you're sticking by that. Okay. Oregon. Oregon. Oregon Trail. Yeah. Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. I I See, don't know. I was wondering, like, is it is it another Minnesota thing, like Duck Duck, Grey Duck? Instead of Duck Duck Goose. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Could because be. Because I grew up saying Oregon Trail too, and yeah, to this absolutely. day, my parents say Oregon Trail, but it's like it's not Oregon, even though it's Oregon. All that way, it's Oregon. 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 Oh man. No, I, know, I can't, right? can't. I can't. <laughs> Wait, technical director Alan is asking us to say another state's name. Okay. Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Is it Nevada? It can't be Nevada. That's like pretentious. Is, is somebody going to blow my mind it's right now? Ne Nevada. Yeah, it's, ne it's Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. Nevada. Oregon. Well, it, <laughs> right, we're, we're right, Alan. You got you to... Gotta, Back up which way you think it is now. I'm I'm on eggshells. I know. I'm on pins and needles over here. Sure. Oh, I'll sure. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Gets us all okay. riled up and then he's yeah. like, ah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, anyways, no, Nevada and Oregon. To say Oregon. So. Okay. All right. Well, then I watched Miracle Workers Oregon Trail. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go back and look like all the trailers because of course they say it so i want to know mm. you know what the announcer says yeah. so i can know um but but however you say it uh that game was a staple of my childhood in the 90s and this tv show should be a staple in your house because it is hilarious it is so funny uh daniel radcliffe really outdoes himself as a uh young reverend trying to lead his flock into the promised land and uh has has a lot of hilarious adventures along the trail and it's nice excellent excellent that's cool so i remember we recorded the last we started recording the last season or whatever and i never sure. got around to watching it because the commercials really sold us we're like that looks very hilarious it is so steve buscemi you know and uh yeah i can't yeah. i can't remember if it's they called it like Middle Ages or Dark Ages or Dark Ages, I think. Dark yeah. Ages. Okay, That's all right. right. Yep. So yeah. So the first season was um, just miracle workers, I think, and it was just like angels and God, and you know, a bunch of angels trying to like keep God from destroying humanity on a whim. Second one, Dark <laughs> Ages, um, kind of like the lives of common folk, and then mm -hmm. also like the prince of of a made up region, and then now blank trail. <laughs> okay. can't even see it anymore <laughs> um but yeah yep. whatever season you watch it's hilarious it's a great show so nice that was fun to to start this weekend um and then i also watched a little bit of the latest real housewives of beverly hills and also the opening of real housewives of salt lake city and the reason i i kind of wanted to like sneak those in here um, is because I feel like they're very similar right now. And okay. I don't know if this is like a trend in the way that Real Housewives is going or not, or if this is just like a coincidence. Um, but of course, you know, we've talked about the season of Beverly Hills is focusing on Erica Jane 
and all of her legal issues with her husband and how, you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of being sued. Um, not kind of, they are being sued. Um, <laughs> well, Salt Lake City now has a housewife who's being also sued for fraud and wire fraud. Um, and I have a feeling that that's a lot of what this season is going to be focusing on. Mm. So I don't know if this is like some sort of weird trend where like we're going to be following housewives with like this very similar legal drama or if this just happens to be a coincidence. But I don't know. It feels a little weird. Like I'm I'm totally on the one hand hooked on it and interested to see where everything is going. And on the other hand, I'm like, ooh, like. This feels a little weird to be watching somebody, you know, who allegedly bilked millions of dollars from people live the high life. So I don't is know. that um, Mary? Jen Shaw. Oh, Jen Shaw. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not Mary. I mean, she's got, her, she's got her own still like married to her grandpa issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Jen Shaw and Coach Shaw, her husband, was are always... the ones. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe that's the meltdowns. You can't handle the, the right. actual like <laughs> conflict of conscious here. That just okay. I, yeah, I have to say I've never. I don't remember the last time I've fallen off of something so quickly. Like I just haven't watched. We haven't watched Housewives for sure. a long time. Um, but I thought about trying Salt Lake City here. Um, yeah, I mean they uh... so new and you know. Yeah. Yeah, they grab you in. They've got a they've got a great just like they did with Beverly Hills and you know opened totally, you know, revealing Erica's legal drama and being like, "Okay, we're going to come back to that." They they do the same here for Salt Lake City. They, you know, cold open with Jen's legal issues and then, you know, kind of rewind and then we're going to get to it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long we should uh talk about. It. I don't know if the, the thickings in the chat <laughs> I don't know if wanna uh if he's into housewives or not but i do have questions sure uh, like are is um uh so from my loose understanding erica seems pretty guilty or they're they the the pair of them seem like yeah no good yeah i mean it well it's clear that tom is is going down like okay. it's at this point, they're just sort of debating whether or not he's mentally competent and how far back mm. he may have been mentally inc- incompetent, but also still stealing. Really? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like there, it's very clear. Like this started before whatever mental decline he may be having, or if he's like maybe faking it to get some sympathy and like, kind yeah. of, you know, shorten maybe whatever sentence he's going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica started out very strong on the you know i know nothing like this you know Mm -hmm. it never touched me like tom and i had our issues and we were going to get divorced no matter what this just like happened um and now towards mid-season she's kind of telling some stories that don't quite seem to line up like she'll just sort of like get herself into trouble and somebody will be like questioning like oh but you know, how did you not know about X, Y, and Z? And I just saw this new tabloid story come out. Like, what about this? And then suddenly she'll tell the story about this great big tragedy that's happening. And then she'll be like, but I'm fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's whatever. And people are Mm. like, "Uh, this isn't adding up. Like, you're not consistent with your facts. You're not consistent with, you know, the severity of the story and your emotions attached to them. So 
it's it's kind of now mid-season looking pretty bad for Erica. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll have to keep me abreast on yes. uh, Housewives, what's happening here. Maybe it I'll is... jump in this Salt Lake. Yeah, I mean, you could, like you said, it's it's still so new. You could kind of, like, feel it out, you know, with the I mean, first I enjoyed episode. the first season. Yeah. I just, you know. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, I mean, kind of on to, you know, from Real Housewives topics to a little something a little bit more serious and, and potentially real, maybe um, more apocalyptic than, you know, wire fraud. I watched the first two episodes of Why the Last Man, um, okay. which I believe is is streaming on Hulu, but it's from FX. So and what do yeah. you think? I, I don't want to give too much away, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, I like it. I like the way it's put together. I like the way that events unfold. Obviously, I'm not giving really anything away that the title doesn't since it's called The Last Man. There is right. one man. Mm-hmm alive in the world um and we two episodes two and a half episodes in we don't know why he is the last man um okay. but but all the other events you know that are kind of like unfolding at this point are really well thought out and well told and it's a very strong cast so so far so good for me uh, okay yeah i i saw that this came out of nowhere for me I saw yeah. it advertised and I put in the rundown or whatever uh, news and I I've always been interested in why the last man. I think I've only ever bought one issue. Okay. Um, but it was it was just in that segment of kind of like mm -hmm. I think of it anyways as a high point for Vertigo comics and kind of a time when a lot of comics weren't doing very well, but you had real creativity in vertigo in dc's subdivision vertigo um mm -hmm. you'd have so you have why the last man lucifer mm -hmm. hellblazer fables it was kind of a a big lineup of heavy hitters that would win some awards and people were you know like they um so i really appreciated what they did there yeah um i trust in trying to read why last man one thing i noticed with a lot of vertigo comics and then in a lot of comics in general but it was prevalent in vertigo as well is that the cover art would be so amazing and it would draw me in and then i'd open it up and i'm like this looks terrible <laughs> and so i'm not gonna read this um so that's too bad but but i'm very intrigued you know, so does it feel like a I don't know FX show. What, what I don't know if that does it feel. Yeah, there's does a certain it feel network television or does it feel cable television? Um, yeah, it definitely feels cable television. Um, it does feel FX to me in like they have kind of a very gray blue color palette that they like to shoot in. Um, like days are never really sunny. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, outside atmosphere that's like grayish and and like like a sea tone washout blue kind of thing. So there's there's something about the color palette that feels very fami familiar to me. Um, but yeah, I, w I would say this is definitely definitely a cable show, okay. not not like a primetime show, but um, 
Because there's just, I think there's just like a little too much darkness going on right now. And there's not enough like, you know, peppy, like get yourself up kind of thing that I think sometimes net, like regular network shows lean mm-hmm. on, even in disaster shows. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is really well done. Only, only two and a half episodes in, like I said, so I don't really know what's going on. I think there are only three episodes out right now. The next should be released sometime this weekend. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be continuing to check that out. All right. Maybe give it a try. Then I got to pick mm-hmm. up some Why the Last Man comics too or something. Finally just read through them. I don't know. <laughs> but... You can pick up some Lucifer while you're at it because that's another you know, another show that I give a thumbs up to. I feel like if I read the comics and then I watched that show, I would be mad. Really? I, do I guess not. I haven't read any of the comics, so I, I can't really say. My limited exposure to the comics seems very far removed from what the television show is. Okay. Very far removed. Now, maybe someone correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I, the, the, the issues I read are not uh, well representative of most of the series or something like that. Okay. But... Yeah, when I remember seeing the trailer for Lucifer, the television show, I'm like, this doesn't look, this does not remind me of the comic at all. Okay. So I, to me, it was like, you just got rid of John Constantine and replaced him with another John Constantine, yeah. like, do a different show. Eh, uh, personality is not quite. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just, it's what it, but yeah, I, I see outside what you're saying. Like, it's like my show just yeah. got canceled. Now you bring in this another, like, a hot British guy or whatever, you know, right. to do a show that's supernaturally and, and right. based on a comic book. So I'm like, screw you. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, why, why are you replacing this really great show with like this other show? That's the same thing. If you're saying mm-hmm. this show can't work, I it's totally like the get same it. boxes kind of thing. Yeah, it, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, cool. I, I, I'm intrigued to give it a shot. Um, the list of television shows I need to consume is, <laughs> is ever growing. Absolutely. Um, I did watch. Um, I guess it's not a. Sh- it's a movie, a singular movie, but um, from the Witcher universe, Nightmare of the Wolf. Right? Um, that was How a couple was weeks that? ago, and yeah, it was. Um, if you're not familiar with Witcher, and you're not familiar with the Castlevania Netflix series, I think you'll like it. Like it's a fun ride. Okay. But it um they for the English cast, they reused one of the cast members from Castlevania, which was weird to hear. Who um, was it? Hector. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then from I, I can't I honestly can't speak to the books, but I the character of Vesemir, which this is based upon, right, did not feel right in this. Okay. Um, and and the world in general didn't feel like it came from The Witcher as much as I would have expected. It felt more like an offshoot of Castlevania. I was going like to say, do you have animation studio? They're like trying to make uh, Vesemir seem like a be- like Belmont. Okay, so do you think it was like a, a medium problem, like they shouldn't have done this animated? Uh, or just another t- another team 
sure. the more removed from Castlevania, that sure. art style, um, because the art and the animation are very good. And I think the they keep getting better at and everything. But it's like we're having this weird Castlevania flashbacks that's sure. pulling us out of the Witcher world. Um, right. I don't know. I, I as a as a fan of Witcher stuff, it was not my favorite. Mm -hmm. But as a standalone, not considering the other things, um, it was it was a fun time. OK. Uh, OK, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what I would think about it just because I have seen Castlevania, but haven't seen Witcher. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll try it and, I and mean, see it would what be I think. Fine entrance point because it's sure. kind of on its own and really doesn't explain much about the world or anything. You know, it's right. just, it very is very standalone. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll add that to my pile of shows that I need to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, then I've been playing a couple games. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. I finally got around to picking up the director's cut, and I've never played mm. it before. So it's like it's time now. Play on PS5. It's, it's all pretty and everything. Um, it's a really good game, and it's very, it's very like a lot of Sony games, but how they're so um how they pay tribute and are so respectful to like the japanese culture and that that mm. era mm -hmm. um is really impressive like every little thing just leads like passion for japan and so i'm very uh I, yeah i'm very into it yeah Having your uh, your photos on twitter got some love i saw well deserved yeah. Yeah, I gotta definitely have to take more. I haven't spent as much time in there as I thought I would, just because I'm really liking playing the game. But I, I sure. do need to take some more. So, um, and then a completely different game. So, um, it's kind of, it's not a visual novel, and it's not too smutty. But a little bit. <laughs> um, this is a Nirvana, great lead up to whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, Nirvana pilot uh, Yume. Okay. Yume. Um, it's uh, it was like two dollars um, before tax on the Nintendo Switch eShop, sure. and um, I just I dug the uh, like retro '80s sort of art style that they had going for it. The like um, Angel Cop like 80s art style no okay more like the uh, more stuff that's associated with like synth wave and like okay, okay. um neon yeah yeah all that sort of thing and so the the soundtrack is also very um in that kind of genre and it's sort of a a simple story make some choices or whatever um it's like actually just play boyfriend dungeon you have to choose the boyfriend that you're going to date and stuff and this one <laughs> you have the few choices of ladies i guess but it, interstitched okay. is it like um you know timed you know courses or whatever sure that you're flying on and so short i finished it and um it's good enough that i was like maybe i should replay it and see if it was be much different if i made other choices so I don't know. I wanted to give them a shout out because it's clearly an, an it's an indie game, Nirvana Nirvana pilot uh, Yume, and because it's only a couple bucks, you know. I was gonna say it worth your two dollars. Yeah, totally worth my two dollars. Nice. So, yeah. Look yep. at you, bargain hunter. 
<laughs> there's all kinds of really cheap games on the switch and i don't try of many course. of them i should try a few more you know so yeah but um so yeah that was kind of mm -hmm. highlights of my week i guess i should say too i i did test and got my yellow belt in taekwondo so hey things yeah congratulations so, that's awesome yeah where are um, you on the belt scale now well um i believe so the way our gym does it is white which basically you get when you're like he just knows you're gonna keep showing up you know yeah. you're dedicated enough or whatever and then um orange yellow then okay. so just three you know really and really if you're gonna get oh. thinking about it it's the it's really the first belt of taekwondo that you would earn you know, Wait. I guess a lot of gyms don't recognize they don't do orange. Oh, OK. And you don't test for white. Right. OK. So it would be, you know, um, to my understanding. So. OK. And then um, I believe it's green, blue, uh, purple, purple trim, brown, red and black. And then okay. degrees of black, I believe. So. Cool. Yeah. Look at you moving up. Yeah, I was happy to try to to test and get it before, uh, you know, I told them I'd be gone probably for most of October. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Well, congrats. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Um, for my celebrations, I'll probably need a beverage or two. Yes, uh, indeed uh, you will. So what should I be drinking? Cheers to you. I am celebrating the day that is today, September 17th. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Grenache? Creme de menthe? No, nope, oh, that, that oh, was two days ago. Oh. Creme de menthe, I know how to say. Okay, I was going to say, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. <laughs> no, Grenache day? Grenache? I don't know. Okay. But it is a type of wine. Um, it's found in several different locations. You have to grow a specific grape for it. It is uh, notably fruity, um, usually like a strawberry or raspberry. Um, with a, a finish of cinnamon. And that's how you like distinguish the type of wine it is. Well, um, so that is what I have. Um, oh, it, it can be a red or a rosé. Hmm. So it's just kind of like depends on how you make it. But the flavor profile is what signals what type of wine it is. You can't so. drink a wine you don't know how to say. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, that is what cool. today is. Two days ago, the 15th, it was creme de menthe day. Uh, I didn't celebrate that. I guess I ate mint ice cream, so maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in the neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. um, and then starting tomorrow through October 3rd, it is the beginning of Oktoberfest. All right. So. Yeah. It cheers to nice that. I have a Oktoberfest beer, but I haven't picked any up yet, so. But do you oh, have a beer? I do have a beer, yeah. I was going to say, um, I see a can, so it mm -hmm. must be something close. Tin Whiskers. Use mm. your liable. Mm -hmm. uh, home state brewery here. Bit O' Honey Blonde. So like the candy. Bit okay. Honey. I saw um, that. I saw that and was like, I know that like color scheme. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it um, out. But yeah, Bit of Honey. All right. Mm -hmm. How is that? It's good. It's good because I think they made the, um, I think it was them as well, that made the uh, salted nut roll one too. Right, right. Yep. Which was not as good. Okay. This 
really does taste a lot like the candy. And um, yeah, I approve. That's for sure. <laughs> So. Yeah, making making a beer taste like a candy, I think, is a gamble. Like it can I mean, work out. Honey obviously makes a lot of sense. Right, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. I just I'm still bitter over my disastrous uh encounter. Bitter beer pun. Bitter I got one. <laughs> um I'm I am bitter uh over my disastrous encounter with um the State Fair Orange Push Pop beer. Which I oh. was like super excited about. Like orange and beer sounds super like great. Sounds like a sure. natural combo. Yet yeah, no, it was literally like somebody dumped orange cough syrup into my beer Ooh. and told me to drink it. And it was awful. Awful. Yeah. So. I think they push too hard sometimes to uh get unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, yeah, get creative. Yeah. It was it was quite a disappointment. I mean, I ha- I went on to have other good beers that day and it was fine, but yeah, I was I was looking forward to that one and it definitely let me down. Yeah, I had um the Mountain Brew at the State Fair this year. And mm-hmm. so that's like kind of I don't know if I brought up on the show or not yet this year, but it was like kind of a yellow Mountain Dew looking thing. And oh, it sure. really is kind of a lot like Mountain Dew. But but beer. But beer. And it was good. Okay. So, okay. I'm trying refreshing. to like, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, but I'll take your word for it. Think light beer, like a, you know, yeah. like a Corona or a Stella yeah. or something like that. You yeah. Know, obviously but... not going to be like a stout or something mm-hmm. ridiculous, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Okay. Definitely liked it. So I'll keep my eyes peeled if I ever have the chance to try it. And um, thing, other things, uh, news, mm-hmm. I guess, that um, maybe we really liked, maybe we didn't. We'll see. <laughs> what did you think of the PlayStation event? Did you get to tune into some of that? Or um, I did. Check out some of the games revealed? Or Yes, so I, I caught uh, that event, not live, unfortunately, um, but afterwards on YouTube. I just caught, you know, mm-hmm. the, the entire recap of the event. Um... Boy, what kind of rating system do we want to go with? Are we gonna one, two, three, four, five it? Are we gonna try our try out our new whiskey finger system? Or you know, we still need to like put decide on what that is for actual. <laughs> yeah, um, I I came up with a like a letter score basically okay. for it. I feel like like for a classic reason, AB, that's ABC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I. I will go with a C plus. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, my my first. Well, yeah. Why? Okay. Okay. So, it looked good. Like everything looked good. Like I can't complain about anything. You know, not looking great. Um, I thought, you know, everything had enough time to be, you know, shown. And it wasn't too quick, but it wasn't too long either. You know, there was nothing like really dragging about it. Mm-hmm. But nothing. There was just a lot of things I had seen before. And I know this is like a common issue that we've mm. had. But mm-hmm. like, I just I don't know how much more I can watch like another piece about the same game. Okay. There were some games that I'd seen before that that had new pieces to them that I enjoyed. Um I thought the trailer for Tiny Tina, Tina's Wonderland, I think um, that was like really fun and goofy and just like off the rails and great. Um, I thought we got a little bit more 
about uh, Deathloop, which was fun. Got a little bit more into it. There was another game that I'm trying to remember right now that I thought like, oh, I've seen this before, but oh, uh, Guardian. Forspoke. Well, which one was that one? That's the one um, with the woman that like got transported to another place. It seems yeah. like just battling and stuff. Yeah. Yes, that looks We've pretty seen cool. That a little bit before, yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I was thinking. There's like an actual like plot line to the game now, right. rather than just like running around and being like, "We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." Cool music. Yep. Ta ta. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know how much more I can take of seeing the same games without them just like happening. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I, I gave it a, well, first off first impression, I gave it a B plus. Okay. And after I sat on a little while, it's like, maybe it goes down to a B, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think, you know, if I go first impression, it was a B plus because I think that the, it was, it was pretty concise. We did mm-hmm. see, quite a lot it kept moving um i agree we saw some games for me particularly um for spoken we could have waited on i feel like mm-hmm. we just recently sort of seen that a little bit again at square enix event um death loop didn't need to see any more of death loop that was done i just like tuned out at that point mm-hmm. um and uh guardians i just yeah i couldn't care about at all basically yeah, um, I'm I'm not interested in playing that game. I just thought it was like, oh, like, so there is a point to this game. Like, mm-hmm. it has a plot now. Yep. So I thought it was a pretty nice, like, mix as well of, um, like, things that weren't theirs that, I, like, I know they had talked about Project Eve a long time ago, yeah. but I hadn't really seen anything of it. So yep. that was good. Same with the Tina's uh, Wonderland that was just like a really short little intro. So that's fine to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Wake remaster had been kind of floating around, but it was surprising. That looked cool. To have it there. And it's kind of a little, it's kind of a win for Sony looking at it in like a competitive sense, because Alan Wake has always been a uh, Xbox thing. Sure. And um, so it's something they, they did this twice actually. Um, so Alan Wake remaster, originally on Xbox only, and now they're showing it on, it'll be on a bunch of things, but they're showing it on PlayStation stage. And then um, kind of setting people up for Alan Wake sequels and stuff of that. Yep. And then Knights of the Republic, which was also an Xbox game. They have oh, the, what seems that's to be... Your, that's your acronym. Kotor, I yeah. Figure, yeah, I could not figure that out, and then now I get it. All yep. right. <laughs> so, um... Natural Republic was uh, an Xbox game, an original Xbox game, highly yep. regarded, and um, PlayStation's managed to get the remake of that, which I think will be a console exclusive, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so some good gets there. So I kind of gave them points for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they get docked a little bit for showing Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop because they're they are Microsoft games now. But I thought that the right. Ghostwire Tokyo trailer was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a better job of like showing some gameplay from that and getting me excited. So, um, and then we get into the crazier stuff. Like, well, I should first say the Uncharted, Uncharted Four, and Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah. Rema- remaster. What are you talking yeah. about? 
these games look gorgeous and you can play them on the current system. I was just like, it was a big WTF moment for me. I was like, what are you, yeah. what are you talking about? And they're going to bring it to PC. Why wouldn't you bring the first trilogy, the original, the original ones, start from the beginning to PC? Yeah. Who's going to want to be on PC and start with Uncharted 4? Yeah, I, I watched that knowing you were going to be mad about it. I was like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for John to be upset. <laughs> that was so stupid. What a, I, Just what a foolish choice. I'm guessing it's just the easiest to bring over. Sure. I'm guessing that doesn't, it's the deal. That so doesn't mean support. that's the way you should go, though. No. Just because it's easy. No. Yeah. So stupid. And mean, meanwhile, there's a remastering, remastering Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy and probably... Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Um, Last of Us. Oh, yeah. And then they're just going to let the Uncharted trilogy and mm-hmm. older Jack and Daxter and whatever games they want would would maybe benefit in remaking or something and bring right. it to PC. They're going to languish so. somewhere. Yeah. Um, then we saw a quick look at Spider-Man 2. So mm-hmm. that had points. Like, um, I didn't expect to see it so soon. And um, Wolverine, that was the biggest moment for me. Yes. Was Wolverine, buy Insomniac Games. I mean, we don't know anything about it. Yeah, just, no, that was like just a, little, a blip. Yep, just a tease. Yeah. So, and then we ended yeah. up with some God of War Ragnarok, so. I, I actually did really like that, that calls out uh, God of War Ragnarok. That looked pretty sweet. Sure. I was surprised around the internet. A lot of people were kind of like, you know, uh, I I think they were. It, this really is does feel like God of War, part two. Sure. You know, like it's the same game continued, sure. and I think some people were like ready to be wowed at the next one. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, Not part I think two, the next game. Uh, yeah, I think there is something about, um. There's a fine line, I think, between capitalizing on what's popular and what's current and of the moment and people feeling like things are unoriginal. And I feel like Ragnarok had two issues there, like one seeming like God of War Part 2, but then also Ragnarok felt a little... There were pieces of it that felt a little bit um, Assassin's Creed Vikings. Or Valhalla, excuse me. Um, So it just felt like okay, like there's, there's something for like building on, you know, what's exciting and what's fun, but then also feeling like I've kind of seen this before, like, you know, turning your audience off that way. And I felt like that was, was a line that maybe the Spider-Man two game walked better in terms Mm. of like seeing Venom um, and being like Venom, let there be carnage is out right now. Like your mind sort of ties like, Oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not like, Oh, this is unoriginal. Whereas I feel like God of war had that problem. I think it's, it'll probably be good. Uh, and I think people that love the first one will love, well, I say first one, the soft reboot will, um, like this one as well. And, um, but it's good to see gameplay. So, yeah, but Absolutely. all in all, I thought it was a I thought it was a good it was a fun event. People were talking about it for a few days. Um, yeah. So I still think Sony could have shown this at E3, been there mm-hmm. and and done this, but you know, yeah, didn't 
didn't have it ready, I guess. Insomniac Games has been working overtime, so they didn't have their trailers ready, I guess. So it there was, I will say, point in favor, a nice mix of games, like still coming yet this year. Yeah. You know, purportedly, and then also like next year too. So it was like, okay, at least we don't have to wait for everything. Yep. So Yep. Which is kind of um, the feeling I get sometimes from you know game shows or game like features recently yeah yep no it's 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 a tough balancing act for sure Mm -hmm. um i don't know where i want to go transition wise um (laughs) speaking of sneak uh, previews yeah i guess that's a good one matrix resurrection matrix resurrections Mm -hmm. trailer Boy, uh, I am all over the place about this. I I genuinely don't know what to think. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah there were there were there were like flashes of cool things, and then also I don't get what's happening, and not in yeah. a cool way. Like in a, I'm frustrated. Like, yeah, when and where and how is this actually taking place? And what are we doing? Like, yeah, I I don't know. Like. I felt like the visual effects in this trailer were very stunning. And that's great because the Matrix is all about like stunning effects. Mm-hmm. But also like what are the actual characters doing? Yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, it's I don't it, know. It made it brought up a lot of questions and hell of a lot of questions. To me it's like not that there couldn't be answers, but that's a lot of faith that they're going to have answers that really make sense and are satisfying because the way it looks is that, I don't know, did nothing count or matter from the first trilogy? Did the world not change? Right. You know, um, because, or did it? Yeah. Because, Um, like they end the trailer with, oh, we're going back to where it all started, the Matrix. But like, are you not in yeah. the Matrix? Or right. are you, well, like, yeah. where are you? I, I'm very worried about this. I'm <laughs> really worried about this. I think that I really don't think that this should, I, and I'm going to feel so, I, this might be the moment that, that Keanu Reeves jumps the shark mm-hmm. and, and he's going to take Carrie Ann Moss down with him. Cause, yep. I like Carrie Ann Moss, and she did really good in Iron Fist, a show that got basically no credit for anything, and she did so did good in there. not get a lot of love, yeah. Yeah, and so I just feel like she's going to come back to a big blockbuster, and it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I no, I'm super, I, I'm super confused and super worried. The trailer seems all over the place in questions that it's trying to answer and things it's trying to do, which is never good. Mm -hmm. It's never good when you seemingly have like six different plot lines that are open because it's always a mess trying to rush around to address everything. Yep. And we should do a matrix episode. I there's more I want to say and bring up and question, but I don't want to be spoilery about the matrix for those that haven't seen all of them. Agreed. Agreed. this, this winter would be good too. When's this supposed to come out? Christmas, uh, December 22nd. Okay. So this December, yes, we should Matrix watch through episode. the Matrix and the Animatrix and then um, 
Yeah. Because there's something, yeah. I want to say more without spoiling it, but it's. I I agree. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really want to to spoil too much either. I I am also weirdly very worried. I will say this doesn't spoil anything about the the level of like pseudo celebrities that are in this film. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like Neil Patrick Harris showing up in the trailer mm. as a character. I was like, what are you doing here? Get out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Or like Jonathan Groff also in there. And I was just like, get out of here. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but you don't seem to belong in the matrix universe. So I'd right. like you to leave, please. I need, I need more like indie actors that I don't know who you are. So, yeah, I mean, man, the matrix, the first one, was such a moment like a cultural thing like oh, it became what? a religion to some people and just was like a big deal i totally and get it it's just sort of gone like it took something that was so cool and, and like and perfect yeah like the first the first movie is not is not perfect but it is is so up there mm-hmm <sighs> Yeah, and it just got successively worse, in my opinion, and I think probably most people's opinions who've seen it. Yep, yep. So we'll see. We'll see if it continues the downward slope. It'll be interesting to see, or if it can somehow rebound and be interesting again. I don't know. Yep. Speaking of rebounds, um, (laughs) what's-his-face? What's-his-face? Good old (laughs) what's-his-face. Jeremy Renner is back. He uh, is. He is back for Hawkeye. Right. Um, Disney Plus show. Right. Speaking of rebounds and speaking of Christmas, because apparently this show is going to be set in the holiday season. Yeah. So they made I'm a okay very big deal about it being Christmas mm-hmm. time. They want you to know it's your Christmas entertainment. Right. They mentioned like six times throughout the trailer, like, what a way to spend the holidays. I'll be home in time for Christmas. Ah, mm-hmm. holidays with the family. It's like, I get it. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, are you interested in the show? I mean, what do you think off of the trailer they released? Yeah, I am interested because I don't actually know exactly what it is about. Do you know what I mean? It's, I- another, it's another trailer where they showed cool scenes and things happening and people meeting, but you're not really like, I know exactly what this show is going to entail. There were some, I think loose like points given. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be like too spoilery here. So I won't say a ton. Obviously we're introduced to like whoever Haley Steinfeld is playing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, she and Hawkeye meet adventures ensue and there's also some other things but also like didn't really give a whole lot of like this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. yep i i think it looks fun off yeah. of what they showed uh and more I humorous to have something that's yeah which which fits the character i'd say mm-hmm. um i'm worried that we're gonna run into what we found to be an issue with black widow Oh, okay. Uh, or to me, it's to me, it's showing the difficulty of juggling so many characters. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Marvel's masterfully juggled this many characters and stuff. Kind of. They have their <laughs> yeah. ones that are really on the side that haven't gotten the attention, and now they're getting the attention way too late. 
Right. And so um, they, and the only reason they get attention potentially for these characters and others and whatever, no spoilers, just, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. is to like pass the baton. Mm-hmm. So they yep. can also, also be kind of forgotten and been the side care. I don't know. I don't know. I just, um, I right. Think well, I mean, at least, oh, this is, this is a little spoilery, so I'm sorry. I'll just, I'll just preface it by saying this is a spoiler for Black Widow and sort of Endgame. Um, okay, three, at, two, one, Black <laughs> Widow Endgame spoiler. So at least Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is still alive, like, and sort of seems to, you know, right. get his own show that maybe matters. Whereas like Black Widow, she's dead she dies in Endgame. So Black Widow felt very like backhanded, like, why? Why would I care about this when she is now dead? At least Hawkeye is alive. Yep. So, I mean, it does, you're right. It still feels too late to have this show. I wish it would have been at some different point in the Marvel Universe. But, I mean, maybe they're going to carry him through the next phase of the MCU somehow. And this is their way of doing it? Yep. Question mark. Yep. I don't know. Okay, for video audiences, flashing hands means you can return. <laughs> spoiler safe. Spoiler safe. Our, our technical director Alan did throw up spoilers, yep. so thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, the yeah, I think that it's just kind of a, it's kind of a shame. Um, Black Widow and Hawkeye are pretty well rounded longtime characters in the comics right and they just got they just pulled the short straw um for the avengers movies mm -hmm. and um it's kind of too bad because then those characters you know eventually are just gone you know they just they can't make the movies forever right. uh the actors can't play the roles forever kind of thing right. so that's what we get for those those characters on screen right. done so. yeah i mean i think i think it was the choice of we're gonna sort of choose to focus on our superhero characters with our special powers and our human characters are just going to be like these really nice solid mm -hmm. supporting you know roles and fine that's a choice but now you know like we've said it just feels a little bit backhanded to sort of give them their own starring vehicles so late yep well, and that's a tough thing with putting them in with the roster of big superpowers or whatever. Like, right? Yep they they potentially are served better in different kinds of shows and and movies. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like what they talk with, you know, a Luke Cage or a Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different. They win for a different tone and a different style of show and a different level of, um, you know, like drama and conflict. It's just not. Right aliens invading kind of thing right so i don't know yeah it's, it's it'll be fine it'll be fine uh, <laughs> for, for me they're not like my favorite it's not my favorite characters ever so i right. can be fine with it you know but i'm sure someone's like i've read black widow since whenever forever and she's like my favorite it's the favorite is most favorite character ever and look what you've done to her right you know so look at this hatchet job yeah i understand yeah well, we'll oh. see. I mean, Hawkeye does look like a lot of fun. They're going mm -hmm. a little bit more lighthearted, which I think is good. I think um, 
I don't know when this was filmed exactly, but perhaps they learned some lessons from the unevenness of Falcon and Winter Soldier and are are going a little bit more lighthearted. Maybe. Maybe. So yeah. we'll see. Um, More television coming. Um, yeah. So Apple had their uh, event their iPhone event and uh, they're involved in a lot of things now, I guess one of those things being relevance to this show, which is mm -hmm. uh, Apple TV plus. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of kicked off the show by uh, providing us with a little sizzle reel. Yeah. Of what's to come uh, for their television service. Mm -hmm. And it really reminded me that I need to sit and watch more Apple TV plus shows. I agree. Because there's been a lot of content there that I've been interested in. And it kind of, it reminded me in tandem with another news story. Mm. Um, the director of Dune came out and oh, was right. in an interview saying like how the Marvel films have just kind of turned us all into zombies. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read further. I should read more of the article to understand sure. the context here. But just that alone does make sense to me and i'm thinking about it, it's like you know a lot of services and particularly in this case apple tv plus are offering some different things and instead what i'm always going to and talking about the marvel thing that i end up walking away from half the time and being like well it's another one of those you know and there's it was fun <laughs> another you know? another formulaic entry in the marvel yeah. universe yeah mm -hmm. so i i was happy to see some variety here what do you think of this the sizzle reel I loved it. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was hooked on everything. This is the way to put together a sizzle reel. Like it started off like great music, great intros. They actually gave you dates of when things are gonna come out, um, which I always appreciate because nothing frustrates me more than being like this show, and then I'm like, but but now I gotta go find out, you know? Right. So now I have a couple dates that are sticking in my brain for new new seasons or brand new shows. And um, yeah, like you said, reminders of things that have kind of been in the back of my mind, like the morning show that I've wanted to watch and just haven't gotten around to. So sure. yeah, I thought it was excellent. I mean, my two most anticipated shows or movies this year yet. Mm. Dune. Right. Um, and then the foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Foundation. And that's the coming this month. Mm -hmm. So I am I, I have not read the book. So I will be coming at it as a newbie, as someone that just appreciates Same. Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Um, but um and what he's contributed to science fiction. But um yeah, I thought there was a lot of uh, interesting things here. The Shrink Next Door piqued mm -hmm. my interest. And then it reminded me of a lot of things that I, I need to finish Mythic Quest. I love that show so yep. much. And yep. it, this, this sizzle reel is like, okay, I really should just watch your stupid football show. Um, yes! You know, watch like, Ted Lasso, just, watch Ted Lasso. It's so it. good. And then um, the... Um, Israeli show um, with a woman from Daredevil, um, Forgetting Alice, was also oh, right, really right. good. Yep. And so I would like to finish that too. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, 
I also was interested. I forgot that Dickinson with Haley Steinfeld, where she plays poet Emily Dickinson. I know that's very specific and probably like my literary flag like went up for that. But mm-hmm. um, I was I was excited because I forgot about that show that I had wanted to see that. So I was really excited. Tom Hanks in a movie for Apple TV. That is a big get. Well, like, they bought to go. gray gray. They bought that one. The one that the ship or something right that he so he's been on another apple tv plus movie right right greyhound yep um yep i'll provide it there which thank you they didn't make they just bought the right to right, but you now know, they're whatever but now they're yeah. developing this one finch um which i noted i don't know why it makes me think of to kill a mockingbird's atticus finch but hmm. i i will i'm now nonetheless intrigued to see it with him um right and then the problem with John Stewart, I am not ever going to pass up a good joke about a comma. I'm just like <laughs> such a nerd, such a nerd, but I loved it so, so much. So, yeah, I just I thought that I thought the whole reel was excellent and good for Apple TV to like get out there and mm-hmm. start really trying to be competitive. Did you ever try the. um I forget what it's called now. The aerobics one with Rose Physical. Yeah. I started that. I started that on a recommendation uh, from a friend, Tay. um, And I haven't gotten past the first episode, but I really liked it. Okay. So I'm excited to keep going. I'm worried about it, like, coming off as too cliche or, like, preaching at me or something. But I like the vibe of it. I like Rose Byrne a lot. Um, I want to see something from the 80s, you know. But... But I just I don't know. I don't know if it's worth my time or not. Yeah. I mean, speaking from the first episode, I don't know about like preachy, but it was a blast for the first episode. So. I don't know. Take take that for what it is. Yeah. I just I feel like I need to sit and watch television because there's so many things (laughs) that are going to pass me by. I know. I know. So many good things. But yeah. But then I think about like um, so I had Apple TV get extended on my phone i got it for like a year and a half for free and now i'm like starting to pay for it um and now that i'm paying for it i'm like yeah i should really sit down and like actually get my money's mm-hmm. worth so yep way to go no it's TV. it's yeah i i'm doing that now with the apple arcade i'm like yeah mm-hmm. i'm paying for this service like <laughs> i should you know it's just it's all bundled what i have is just all bundled together so it's like mm-hmm. i'm not going to get rid of it anyways because right. the things we do for sure use make it worth the cost alone but i these other things are bundled in so right. the tv and um the arcade so i better make use of it but well apple um, made a strong case for itself yeah yep um okay it's Batman Day, everybody. It's Batman Day. So we're going to talk a little Batman. Uh, um, appreciate and honor the bat, the Dark, the Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Jinxie. Before we, get to, uh, <laughs> before we get to Malignant. So um, might as well go through, like, your regular questions a person would ask about Batman. Like, when did you, when did you first see Batman? What's your first mm-hmm. Batman? Mm-hmm. What's, like ingrained in your mind as what batman is you know for sure so my introduction to batman was definitely cartoons um and like actual batman cartoons like not 
Yeah, the animated suit, not like Scooby Doo. Right, right, and not like you know. Um, even though I love this, and this actually is my favorite animated series, like Batman Beyond. Um, that was another like early animated show that I really enjoyed for Batman, but like just yeah, regular straight up Batman. Um, that was my first foray. I did not see the um Tim Burton films until quite a bit later. And I'd only I'd only seen one. Um and then Chris was like appalled that I hadn't seen the other. So he made me sit down and watch it. Mm. So Nice. Yeah. Yep, I still remember like animated Batman like I can still like totally recall like animated Poison Ivy and Barbara Gordon and Commissioner Gordon like it's it's so clear it's like I could be watching a scene from that cartoon right now. Made such a yeah. great impression on me. It's a great show. I just I just picked him up not long ago mm-hmm. um to rewatch cuz Ashley hasn't watched much of it and Sure. I know I'd appreciate it again. I don't think it was my first exposure to Batman. Okay. I can't what was, really remember. What was your first, sure. John? Yeah. You know, I remember definitely the, the original Tim Burton Batman okay. very okay. early. But sure. I don't but I don't know for sure. I just I feel like I the animated series must have come after that. And then mm-hmm. I had comics very early too. Sure. So it's just before my memory is uh, good enough to know exactly what my first, but it was those things kind of combined, like that mm-hmm. formed my earliest impressions. So the Batman sure. movie with the Joker and Michael Keaton and the animated series, and then um, Batman, I believe it's called The Beast Within or Night of the Beast, Night of the Beast. Let's see, Batman, okay. uh, I'm going to double check that. Night of the Beast. If I can type. Maybe. Well. Yeah. There it is. I it was definitely the Knights of the Beast. Okay. So okay. it was definitely too mature for me. And it was definitely in an era <laughs> where, like, like for when I read it, it was too mature. But you know. It's one of those things. Oh, it's a Batman, whatever, you know. Yeah. But um there were beheadings and such. So it was um it was good. And that's certainly the Batman stuff I fell in love with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I I had gone from the animated series to Batman Forever, which is probably why that's one of my favorite Batman movies. Mm. Um and then had kind of ricocheted back to um, Batman Beyond and then then saw the Tim Burton, then saw like the next Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin. And then, you know, of course, it was quite a gap between that and then Batman Begins. Yep. Uh, oh, there. Ten Nights of the Beast. Sorry. Yeah, it's it was it's been a long time. Oh, there um, you go. Oh, yeah, it's cool. it's um Batman was a like a pretty big deal to me. It was is mm-hmm. uh Batman and X-Men um, mm-hmm. um definitely those were the the big ones. And yeah, Batman yeah. Batman Beyond. I've been meaning to watch kind of a 
little documentary or making of kind of thing about Batman Beyond because oh. it was just kind of a interesting. Uh, yeah, I found on YouTube that was um a show that wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to happen or something like that. So oh, they I'm so glad kind it of did. It. Yeah, and it's one of the few things like it's one of the few times where you know, they're not just replacing Batman for the heck of it. They're not coming with some excuse for Batman to die and like we're get tired of Bruce Wayne, so we're gonna have someone else or what like all this stuff that they end up like I don't know. I don't I don't like generally or whatever. This is like what would happen, you know. We Right. Bruce Wayne gets old. He's a man, you know. He gets gets old and Nature, so we get yeah. to see Batman the next generation far enough in the future that things are different. We get new villains. Mm-hmm. Like instead of just rehashing the same villains that escape from prison again and we tell a yep. different story with them a little bit. We got new villains. Right. And there was there was enough like some carryovers, like there was a Joker gang yes. that went around and stuff like that, you know. But it wasn't like the Joker. Yeah. Because like Joker would get old too. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we don't pretend like everybody's stepping into other people's shoes. Yep. So it was um it was well done in one of the last mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like um you know they invented Harley Quinn in the animated series and then people mm-hmm. love Harley Quinn well they come up with Batman Beyond here and and people approve you know it's yep. um it's um i don't know it's definitely uh, a unique thing that doesn't happen much anymore and i know in the comics later for Batman Beyond they um they try to like bring in the future justice league too right I don't think it went as well. I don't think it was as well thought out and everything. It's like, well, we'll look at this success we had doing this as Batman. So let's right. take all the other heroes and like right. reinvent them and went to their heads a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And like they even just changing the bat suit and everything. Mm-hmm. They it was it was really good. Right. You know, it was really good. It was and like still could... the bat suit, but it was like different enough not to be like, oh, you're trying too hard. Like let it go. Yep. Yep. And we could keep the same dynamic sort of with a with a like a young Bruce and an Alfred. Yes. Except we have an old Bruce and a new a young Terry McGinnis. Right. So but like he wasn't he was and he wasn't Alfred. You know what right. I mean? He was still like yes. Bruce Wayne as in like Alfred yes. figure, but right. they didn't try to lean on that too heavily either. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's great. I should rewatch those. Um but. So then, favorite Batman. Now that we've we've talked about like our entry points, who out of all, I don't know if you want to keep it to just strictly live action, real person Batman, or if you want to include mm. animated. We don't have to, but who's your favorite Batman? Yeah, I mean, if we go, if we include animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Conroy, I believe is his name. Um, I think that that is, is pretty well perfect. The representation in the comics or in the, mm-hmm. in the animated series, mm-hmm. the voice is great. So good. Bruce and Batman without like trying or stretching or whatever. I think it made yep. a tough like bar to live up to for every other Batman actor ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if we include animated, yeah. 
Um, and then with the animate, you can have impossibly broad shoulders and like, you know, right. Oh yeah. No, you don't, stuff. you're not bound by like actual yeah. physical human right. proportions. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nobody has a chest. That's like a line. a wall. <laughs> it's just, it, you just don't, but yeah. like somehow in, in the animated version, it like works so well to just have this like yeah. weird shelf chest. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's quintessential Batman. Mm -hmm. um yeah no if if we're including uh animated actors i would have to say the same um on live action i did say that christian bale was my favorite batman but i feel like that's really because i love those movies and the cast right. around him mm -hmm. so much like i don't it's a tough thing like, to separate it is. It's really hard in my mind. Like, that's where my mind first went. And then I'm like, I don't know if I can pull Christian Bale out of, you know, and just look at him without looking at, like, Michael Caine and Gary Oldman and, um, oh, my gosh, I'm only thinking Morgan Freeman. I was just thinking of this character named Lucius Fox. Um, but, like, they're so good. Like, everything about mm -hmm. them is, like, so good. And they're so well cast as supporting actors. And, like, there's also something about, you know, Keith Ledger's Joker as the villain that just like sort of turns up Christian right. Bale as Batman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, and that's important. The surround. I've always said that the surrounding cast, you know, is so important to Batman. But when Batman is really good, like he can stand on his own as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for live action, my favorite Batman is. Michael Keaton. Mm. My favorite Bruce Wayne mm. is Val Kilmer. Agreed. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's part of why Batman Forever is my other favorite Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Besides the like, I love Joel Schumacher's world before it got too zany yep. in Batman and Robin. And it was like too off the walls. And you're like, oh, you needed to reel it several steps back. Yep. Uh, Batman Forever is like perfect. Yep. Because Michael Keaton is um, like he has a, a good voice for Batman. Mm -hmm. He's stoic, kind of no nonsense sort of thing mm -hmm. that I just really like in the in the cape and cowl, the no smile, the mm -hmm. like it it worked for me exactly that. He's got a good it, jaw. He's mm -hmm. got a good jaw without. Yep, he fits in there. Night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean. We're we're obviously dancing around Ben Affleck's butt chin, you know. Not everybody can wear the cape and cowl and have the focus just be like your jaw. You gotta, it doesn't work. I mean, I feel like it was a thing they were, you know, testing out. They did it with George Clooney. He's got butt chin too. He does, and it didn't work. He also had a host of other problems, like the yeah. whole like bat nipples controversy. Okay, the Batman nipples thing. Let me just say that did start in batman forever no i agree and, i'm just saying but, like they got they got ridiculous yeah yeah mm -hmm. they were they were such a like a weird like prominent feature in batman and robin that you just mm -hmm. like were like come on now like i can't what, what is that decision by the way that process like okay <laughs> the nipple, right like though. who decides Mold like the, the circumference nipple. of yeah you know, the nipples? yes <laughs> I, that's a good one i should have giant areolas for my right? Batman nipples yeah right 
Like um, I, I know it's it's something that George Clooney like laughs about now, but I know it was like a dark spot in his career for a, quite a while. It was and, just, and I mean, he would like just talk about it. He'd be like, "It's the bat suit and the nipples, and like it's all there. It's all terrible." Is it was it Alfred? You know, Alfred like was making the suits and stuff. So right. He's the one that he's the creator, or was it Bruce going? You know, no bigger. Alfred, yeah, I need the nipples. <laughs> And then um, this is a metaphor. <laughs> I need the nipples bigger. <laughs> I need I, it's, it's the, the chilly, cold grasp of death. So I'm right. nipping hardcore. Right. Give me the nipples. When I fight against Mr. Freeze, we yeah. really got to see how he affects me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. So much. Uh, Too much. But yeah, I think Val Kilmer was great as yes. Bruce Wayne. Not only did the, and it was a lot of what they surround him with, like he had the- Good cast again. Mm -hmm. He had the cars, you know, he had the the garage full of classic motorcycles and cars, mm -hmm. old gentlemen's cars kind of thing. He had the, um, the suits that were like felt expensive, mm -hmm. you know, they were yep. modern and uh, a little different, just like, the the eyewear everything they gave him mm -hmm. was great and it worked so well then for jim carrey's character for edward enigma to try to in person be he wants to be bruce wayne as much as he yes. hates him you know and so i, I like he was smooth and I, he's what i wanted to see from my multi-billion dollar playboy absolutely he wasn't he and he wasn't like he has the right amount of like confident but still damaged yes you know like his 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 talks with um nicole kimmon dr um, chase dr. meridian yep <laughs> you know when he kind of like has his, his lisp he's like <laughs> I, we need to get you out of that uh and into something more dark or black i forget what he's tell what? me doctor do you like the thurkith yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. yes I mean, <laughs> but that's it's that's good. how well I love that movie. Yes, no, it's 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 so good. It's so yes. good. And I, I don't I don't mind him as Batman either. You know, I I do like the Batman. I just if we're gonna, he's more successful as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So. I agree. He's confident. He's clearly like billionaire, like man about town, without being too much of a playboy. And it mm -hmm. being distracting, you know what I mean? Like, he's not too flashy. He's just like, I'm born rich and this is who I am. And like, you know, you just like, he just like walks into a room and you're like, sure, you're Bruce Wayne. Like, sure, you know, this is your life and you've been confident because, you know, yep, you've been born rich and this is all. Yep. 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 Everything just seems very natural. Um and it's kind of fun that like we're talking about this now as I'm watching, I'm finishing up watching uh, Val Kilmer's documentary, Val, um, oh, and yeah, kind of like getting into that. it. Yeah. It's it's really good. Definitely okay. recommend. Um, but yeah, just just feeling like the way that Val Kilmer gets into a role, like you, you just like see it working. And I can see where he had not like trouble really, but just like didn't quite make as convincing a Batman because there's just something about like, I think like all of Val Kilmer's face and body that you can't see in the bat suit. And he just like, there's something about Val Kilmer, like 
being the physical embodiment of a character and it being a little bit hidden by the bat suit. And that's why maybe it's not like we we like love him as Bruce Wayne and he's still a good Batman, but it's not like perfect Batman. Renato says Ben Affleck all day. I hope he's joking. I hope you're joking. <laughs> ben Affleck all day. Uh, like, ben Affleck I, no day. And I don't mean that to like say I've never seen a Ben Affleck movie that I didn't like. Like there's oh, there's been a few yeah. that totally work for me, but he just doesn't work for me as Batman. He works better as Bruce Wayne, but not the yes. best Bruce Wayne. Yes. We'll agree with that. Yeah. I, you know, my least favorite Bruce Wayne is honestly um, uh, Christian Bale. It's a take that I've never seen from He's Batman, better Batman before. I never, I never read Batman and maybe there's some, you know, popular stories that I have not read. Mm -hmm. um, certainly possible to where Bruce Wayne is so reluctantly who mm -hmm. he is. You know, the whole shtick about um, Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight trilogy was that being this was only a means to an end. Yep. Like he would put on a show that he, you know, would walk from the helicopter with two women on his arms and like end up in right. the pool. Like, but he didn't care about any of that stuff. He didn't like it. It was just all an act. And yep. I didn't like that element of, at all above Bruce Wayne. I, mm -hmm. I didn't think that was. Uh, so I really, yeah. one of the weak points for me of that trilogy. I agree. It's it's one of the few, I think, takes where I think the Batman was more successful than the Bruce Wayne for the actor. Um, and I think part of the reason why the Dark Knight works so well is because Christian Bale spends more time as Batman. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like, because he's interacting with Heath Ledger's Joker so much as Batman, not as Bruce Wayne. And I think mm -hmm. those those exchanges are now so iconic and so gripping that that's what that movie makes you think of. And that's why it's more successful because it's not Bruce Wayne and the Joker. It's Batman and the Joker. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, that would have been interesting to see what those interactions would have been like. I enjoyed in uh, the first Batman you know, Michael Keaton's in the apartment with Vicky Bale mm. and stuff and the Joker's coming in and he's he takes like the fire poker and it's like right. smashing thing. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like just like, you know, I don't know what would what would Christian Bale's character be? I don't know. It, just, it took some of the fun out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't want him to not like who he was or whatever that way. And yeah, there were um, there were moments where I thought it worked. Um again in the dark night where he like takes the Russian ballet out on his yacht and then like goes off and does his Batman thing, like retrieving mm -hmm. the accountant and whatnot. Like that sort of worked because it was a cover, but it wasn't right. like we didn't spend a lot of time with like Bruce Wayne being phony and being like, Oh, like I'm in a hotel fountain. Ha ha ha. But I hate it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, this is really convenient. Great for me. Also, Michael Caine is now on a yacht with like, 29 yeah. ballerinas it's hilarious yeah, i gotta put sun suntan right? on. yeah yeah <laughs> like, so that was don't like act the like you hate this alfred oh it's terrible mm. can't believe you're asking me to do this master wayne um <laughs> so yeah so the, uh, an instance where i think rarely uh, a batman is more successful than a bruce wayne yep you know but 
I also have to say that, um, you know, there was a sheen to the Dark Knight trilogy for a while because of because of what they were doing that was different from mm-hmm. the rest of superhero stuff and everything. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people felt that they kind of elevated the superhero genre a little bit, you know, and. Um, but. I didn't love Christian Bale as Batman either. Like the voice is mm. what does it for me because we we're talking pre-show about the voice and stuff of different Batmans. What would your voice be? Go Where ahead. are the other drugs going? Donde están los drogas? All right, I'm done. I won't do it again. Lies. I'll do it again. Uh, yeah. Well, Alan <laughs> does a good, uh, I think uh, Batman is Seinfeld. Uh, impersonation. Shut up. I've never heard this. Yeah, well, because that's, that's one of the other um, voices. Happening. You know, he goes through so many different ones, and one of them is like Seinfeld. Yes. And um, yeah. It's. Say, so where it's, are the other drugs going? Yeah. <laughs> it's. Because it, in Batman Begins, like you said, it's a little breathy, a little yeah. like. And so he hasn't found his voice yet. And then. I feel like in the beginning of the dark night it's probably pretty good um but it starts in that movie escalating to the point where it's not it's not scary anymore it's just too much yeah and i don't know i feel like it, i would like to know if this is chris on christian bale or if this is on christopher nolan mm, you know sure. was christopher nolan like no we need more, we need more. you know yeah yeah more gravel in your throat more mm-hmm. or if this was like what christian bale felt yeah um, i think i think there are some scenes that the scene is just so good that i forget do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the very like in the in the um police interrogation room you know where where batman and joker are having their little back and forth and he's trying to find yep. out information like there's certain scenes like that um, where I just, I forget and it just yes, doesn't bother me because I the agree. scene is so good yep. or, um, uh, gosh, I guess we're, we're pretty spoilery, um, for anybody who hasn't seen Batman, but yeah, Batman um, movies, guys, the bat, we should say, I mean, we'll, we'll try to be reasonable here, but right. you know, the um, Batman but movies, the, the, towards the end of dark Knight, where, you know, it's Harvey Dent and Commissioner Gordon and Batman, and they're all kind of negotiating. Again, kind of one of those things where, like, I don't quite notice it because the scene is just too good. And I feel like everything comes together to magically work. And that's mm-hmm. why I, that's why I think I love Christian Bale's Batman, because those scenes are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe maybe no, I, I would feel different with like another actor in there. And maybe they could have been even better without, you know, his weird, like breathy, like, I don't have any fringe, like his like deep breathing, like, mm-hmm. ugh. But yeah. Can you imagine Michael Keaton in that room freaking the hell out on the Joker? I can. Yeah. I think that'd be something. I it would. And it would. I, I think well, Christian I mean, Bale is well, one of the greatest actors around. So, like, I well, don't want to, you know, but. Just... Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he has limitations too, though, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you definitely can't know because Michael Keaton couldn't have been Batman at that point because right. he'd be too old. But, like, you know, yeah. you could, like, what if, because he would be, he'd be too old as Batman and he'd be a little, just a little bit too old as Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy, right? 
see that that's why i want i my dream was that michael keaton probably 10 years ago but now as well would come back as bruce wayne and we'd have terry mcginnis and we'd have Batman. I would, I would totally name. dig that. I mm-hmm. I am all in on that vision, like make it come to life. But I think we would have a problem with him as billionaire playboy. Do you know what I mean? He would mm-hmm. feel old and then that would in turn yeah. shade Batman as feeling too old. Yep. Yep. Renato says in the chat, I think Christian Bale's Batman used the Wayne person as a means to an end, like he's more Batman than Bruce. Yeah, and yeah, that's what we're kind of saying. I and I, I, yeah, I agree. It's, um, I just don't like the interpret. I good doing something different, you know. I guess I just don't didn't enjoy the interpretation uh, that way as much. You know, I like that Bruce Wayne genuinely wants to go to the to the Thurketh with uh, (laughs) with Doctor Chase Meridian. Yeah, you know, he wants that normal life. He just is always tormented that he can't have, have it. it. Yeah, you know, because he can't let go of this, you know, need for mm-hmm. vengeance or justice, anyways. And yep. um, you know, like feeling like he'd let his parents down. Like he can't stop that fight, but right. he does want normalcy. You know, right? He does want to enjoy himself. Yeah, but he just he like can't mm-hmm. fully do it. Um, I'd be remiss to talk. Oh, go. Let's look at your I, I, branch off of that. Right. Just as long as we're on Batman forever. Like, I can't not talk about also like that cast, like so many amazing names and faces like mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, um, Jim Carrey. Tommy Lee the Jones. Boss. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, amazing. But and also just like Debbie Mazar and Drew Barrymore as like teeny yeah. tiny roles, but like still but, killing it. Yep. As two faces, little like mm-hmm. henchwomen. Just yeah, I I just love everything. And of course, loses of a style. Yes. Set direction. I mean, Ugh. that's Schumacher there for you for sure. Everything's so 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 good. Um and featuring my favorite alfred yes like i i do love michael Caine, and like jeremy irons is fine even though Mm -hmm. it's like a wildly different take on alfred but yeah um michael go goff go i don't know how to say his last name again one of those things but he is he is my alfred absolutely Yep. yep agreed and jeremy irons should should be really really good as but i just think it's like the particular like, movies and the, yep, everything it's the association given. yeah yep mm-hmm. yep yep it's just not it's not working quite as well he's just he's just sort of like jeremy irons playing alfred and he's not alfred yeah. he's not actual alfred yep um no i i yeah i completely agree i'm glad that he was like the consistent element to all mm-hmm. four of those movies yes um that's great and um yeah, I, I like who they cast as like you as Robin and Batgirl. Like, I think those were good castings. There was a lot of good castings like in Batman and Robin. Those were good castings, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the guy that plays Terminator to be Dr. Freeze. Yes. Mr. Freeze, you know, is um, 
that's a good cast. They just then directed him and wrote him a ridiculous version of Mr. Freeze. Mm -hmm. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy is great. It's so good. Great pick. When she like is still just herself working in her lab and stuff and all that, like it's very good. And yeah. Yeah. And they make her look good. Like she is a good outfit. Bane, I don't know what they were doing. Bane. Yeah, no, Bane is Bane is quite awful. He didn't need to be in there. He just no. not need to be in there. No, um, it's, it's just like a weird, mindless hulking, which I mean, it, it is more towards like the cartoon version. I know that Bane was a little bit more of like brute soldier there, whereas like it is yeah. it is weird in like the Dark Knight. Um, oh, rises. God. Rises, yeah. thank you. Where he is like a little bit more thoughtful, and you're like, that's, I mean, but that's more yes, like but comics no. and stuff, you know? Like yeah. He's supposed to be a smart guy. Right. So yeah, it was I mean, weird he's not, that they he's made He's not him like a so, mute, like push yeah. a button, you know, he goes crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it was odd. And, and, you know, this is like an example of how I, I could be a lot pickier about Batman Forever because that's not a particularly accurate portrayal of <laughs> the Riddler and especially Two Face, right? But it was still so good. It, it was still anyway. so entertaining. I mean, yeah. they did well to um, to distinguish the Riddler from the Joker, which sometimes yes. people don't do well enough or something yep and um it shows what great actors those two are because supposedly they hated each other they hated working with each other they just could not get along but it seems like they have chemistry it It seems like they hate each other but then become start to love each other right you know like it yes i don't know it's it's a time that because it's so good, I'm willing to forgive how what a departure from the comics they really are. So I feel like that is um, it's like a platonic version of like romance. Do you know what I mean? Like where yeah. like two people start out and they hate each other. But then like on screen, it's like fireworks. It's so good because you hate each other. It's like, um, God, what what's their faces? Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams in The Notebook started off filming and like hated each other, but like chemistry explosion because they hated each other. Same thing here. Just like a bromancy version. Yeah. With Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Like you hate each other. Great. Like you're bringing it all the time. You're invested. Like there's an <laughs> edge there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And somehow it like comes off where like they do their mutual villains working towards a mutual end but they also kind of hate each other at the same time and you see it at the end when two-face gets you know bored of riddler's like yeah showmanship and he's just like fuck it like i want to kill him (laughs) yeah right so yeah it is showmanship yep oh so good (laughs) so good where's the lights I wear the suit because it keeps me safe while I'm jogging at Again, night. Again, at night. Yeah. It's lots of such it's such lots a great quotable. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's such a great like caffeine will kill you after you hit him with the Gavin coffee will kill giraffe. You. you know, yep. 
Ooh, nice form. A little rough on the landing. He may have to settle for the bronze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, such excellent, stuff. such excellent filmmaking. Um, <laughs> find another podcast out there that will rant and rave such high praises for Batman Forever. <laughs> right? I dare it. you. <laughs> um, and then I guess um, you know, I should just say that my um. My favorite, uh, one of my other absolute favorite things about this, and I always go back and forth between Batman mm -hmm. Returns and Batman Forever, which is my favorite. Sure. But just the uh, portrayal of the Penguin, and most mm. specifically, um, Selena Kyle, yes, um, in Batman Returns, I think is, uh, I mean, she is Catwoman to me I... for sure. Michelle Pfeiffer, hundred percent agree with you, absolutely. I hated. Anne Hathaway less than I thought I would when I first heard about that casting. Mm -hmm. Um there there was like a lot of like ooh like pushback in my mind. Um she is not like the penultimate catwoman, but she did better than I expected. So sure. take that for there, what it is. There are roles I I wish they kind of would just like okay, Catwoman. She's perfect. We didn't need to do Halle Berry and then Oof, Anne Hathaway. God, no. God, and now no. whoever it is in the next one, you know, like, you know, Batman can have other love interests, you know? Agreed. We, so, like, Dr. Chase Meridian. <laughs> I was literally uh, just going to say, you know, Dr. Chase Meridian. Yes, absolutely. So, we just quit yeah. monkeying with what's already done perfectly. Right. Um, I agree. So, and the music has been very consistent in, mm -hmm. you know, I absolutely love Danny Elfman's scores for some mm -hmm. of these films. I love the like kind of pop tracks and some of the other ones. Um, you got uh, Seal for Batman Forever. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Such so. a great music video. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any comics? If we, I mean, obviously, if, if you have like one, if you want to stake a claim in your favorite Batman movie or favorite Joker, any other favorites you want to do? Um, oh, that is so good. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think actually earlier, I was thinking about like, what is my favorite like Batman villain? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, who's my who's my favorite villain? Um, and it's hard. It's hard to not. It's hard to like sort through. You know, like who's serious and who's like funny. You know, mm -hmm. like Dark Knight versus like Batman Forever. My two favorite Batman movies. Like, how could you? How could you distinguish between like Heath Ledger's Joker and then something like Jim Carrey's Edward Nigma, the Riddler? Right. You know what I mean? There's just yep. such two different things. Um, but I, yeah. I, I'd have to give it to Heath Ledger's Joker. It's so good. It's okay. so good. It's honestly, it's one of the few times I've sat in a movie theater at the end of a movie. And, you know, my I went with a couple friends and they were trying to say something. And I was like, I, I literally can't talk to you right now. Like, I have to I have to sit in my seat for the next 10 minutes and just like, you know, go through what I just watched. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, it's very good. I mean. When it comes to villain portrayals mm -hmm. in the films, then then I give it to Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Then that's Excellent. that's what I go to. Um, 
And I will say that with age, I have appreciated Jack Nicholson's Joker way more. I agree. Before I was like, hands down, Heath Ledger. Now I really appreciate them both for being such different Jokers that I, I both like so much. Yes. I, I rewatched that now as an adult. I mean, you know, teenager now and then, or a teenager before and then now like true adult and mm-hmm. yeah, appreciated it so much more. Yep. And I also um, do weirdly appreciate Uma Thurman's poison Ivy so much more. Like it was, it was kind of goofy before and I enjoyed it for it's like camp. And now I just feel like I appreciate it on another level. Like her slinkiness, like sure. she really nailed it. Yeah. For favorite Batman villain period, like mm-hmm. at all, I don't know. I feel like I would have had to have thought about that one longer. That's a yeah, tough question because there's it is. really a lot. There's a um, there's a whole pantheon of, you know, Batman mm-hmm. villains that are really great. So I don't know if I can I can stake a claim in that for sure. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. I can't I can't I can't decide that. I don't know. Um any have you read any of the comic books or any any anything like that or novels? Um, I know that I did once upon a time read some Batman comics and like short graphic novels, but it's been a long time. Okay. So not sticking super clearly in my memory. Yep. I've read um, quite a bit of Batman. The Ten sure. Nights of the Beast I mentioned before has a yeah. strong place in my memory and heart. It's one of the earlier comics I read um, that uh, that really cemented the idea of Batman uh, in my brain. And then um, I also read. Um, it's uh, I should have looked up their names. Um, I suppose I can do that quickly. Um, but there is a couple that wrote the long Halloween. There's a um, trilogy um, of these. Yeah, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, um, Batman Long Halloween. If you want to read something for Halloween, that's quick. It's a classic. It's very good. The art is unique. Um, And then there's also like um, Batman Dark Victory and um, I forget what the other one was, but it's kind of they're all by those two guys and um, very, very good. Uh, I read I was sub- sub- subscribed to Batman during the Batman Hush series. So though I think it's kind of didn't live up to the expectations, Hush was really good. Um, and then Brian Azarello did um a batman that i think came right after the hush series that was really good and very unique and very different very going with the noir kind of um gritty type of thing so yeah i've read a lot that were that were good uh long halloween not an original pick for sure but it is very good okay well you know me i'm into the halloween season so absolutely yeah Yep. Um, they, those guys did a uh, Catwoman uh, mm-hmm. short series too. That was pretty okay. good as well. I have okay. uh, some of the one, at least one of the um, 
issues, single issues framed. It's very like um, Paris kind of uh, glamour days of Hollywood esque looking. Fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. And if anyone's interested, I think it's still on there. You can go to my, you can probably find my YouTube page, John Malik, and uh, look it, up um, is Batman, it? Batman stuff. Yeah. Um, probably. That's so if you're interested, like if you know Batman was, uh, you know, to, to have more evidence that Batman was a big thing for me, go ahead and look at what I made in like middle school high school and stuff like that um love it i think they're on I, there Maybe. i really hope it is oh if my god not, they're you... not they're not okay. no you need no. to get it up there john mm. yeah <laughs> so i've made um yeah a few some unreleased stuff or whatever we had fun making batman um short films and stuff for school yes Yes, so, I've definitely much... seen my fair share of them. They're excellent. <laughs> it was much more in line with the um, as, and which we haven't really talked about, honestly, is the um, like 70s show, mm, the television show. Yeah, which has its own places uh, in in the universe. And it does. Um, yeah, so this is more more based on that. Yes, the very like bang, boom, pow, mm-hmm. like, yep cheesy but also like this is you know this is what we could do so sometimes it is like the height of what batman could be at that point we did our our first one which is taking a lot from the that movie the batman television show movie and Mm, um just us playing around or whatever learning how to like film and stuff some right the second one was a big up in like production value um still by you know whatever standards today not good but still and then we had started a was a 2.5 it was designed to like kind of be the bridge to the act legit third and we filmed a bunch of it but i don't but we never like put that one out um and then i always wanted to do a third one because it's like man the the jump from one to two to then three would be crazy in terms of like stunts and visuals and like everything like that capabilities so, yeah yeah it would be fun to like get still the can gang back i know right still can yeah, i haven't i haven't s- sat here and you know i haven't gained like 80 pounds you know i can still be batman of pure my, muscle yep and my <laughs> uh my sidekick robin he's just in better shape than ever so I mean, it could it would it would be better. <laughs> it w- and there's always a part for your good friend Andrea. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, there was something that I was like, "Oh, Andrea, are you ready for this other?" I was thinking of something, uh, some role. I don't remember what it was. I thought I mentioned to you, but it was. It's been some time ago. So okay, well, whatever it is, know. I'm here. You know where to mm-hmm. find me. Well, you know, Chris loved doing his his role in the James Bond, our James Bond one. And, <laughs> I was just um, thinking of that. Batman sure and James he, Bond. Yep. I'm sure he'd love to uh have you in um in that too. Absolutely. So, we would totally do it. 
committing yeah. us right right here right now you heard it your, first your husband was mean to his hench lady yeah you remember that i do he, i do he's like he, slapped her yep he'd have to he'd have to have a whole new strategy if i was his hench lady we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be taking that over here I, I wrote that script, I think, in a day. Like, I wrote the, the outline and then all the dialogue and, like, gave it to everybody. And it's like, all right, this is where she is. Like, very fast turnaround for that. Right. And that's my argument for how easy it is to make a Bond movie. If you want to just, like, make a, you know, like, there Absolutely. should be no bad James Bond movies, basically, is what I'm saying. Because it's just not hard. Especially if you do something that's a little campier, if you're going to go right. that route. Like Roger Moore kind of style. Yeah. You should be able to pump out fun yeah. Roger Moore style James Bond movies ad nauseum. You know, Absolutely. the only thing is people will get tired of them, you know, whatever. But, right, right. You know. But yeah, but but that style. Yeah. yeah. Whole heck of a lot easier than something like Daniel Craig's take. Yeah. Where we're going like too deep on the other end into like Quantum of Solace territory that just like too cerebral. Yep. Well, Everybody anticipate that episode coming later as we talk yes, about James absolutely. Bond when that movie finally hits screen. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, happy Batman Day. And um, we might as well talk about another movie that has hit the theaters. Yeah. Um, also dark. Um, we're, we're running long because, I mean, I know that, I mean, it's Batman. So we can take as little or as much time as you'd like on malignant sure. um but malignant is playing now on hbo max and mm -hmm. in theaters uh a horror movie by james wan mm -hmm. what did you think oh spoilers, spoilers yes now major spoilers malignant since this, since this is oh. so new this definitely needs yeah. some spoilers mm -hmm. yep for visual visual audience there's our spoilers for our you know podcast only audience we're saying it calling it right now tune it out uh, if you don't, if you don't want it spoiled. Um, so overall, I loved most of this movie and then, okay. and like loved most of the ending. And then like the actual ending was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, like I really enjoyed the twists at the end of the movie and it was like really well done and well revealed and it was crazy and there was some great cinematography and then suddenly there was just like I'm gonna have a stern conversation with you villain and lock you away and now we're good and I was just like oh that we could have taken just a bit more time to just like flesh that out a little bit hmm Okay. And and that's that's my my complaint at the end of the movie. But I was I was really with like the first 90 percent of it. OK, there were there were campy things. There were things that were just like, oh, my God. But but on the whole, it had me. I was there with it. Um, and then, yeah, the ending let me down. I, I mean, I was very interested, interested to see what you were going to say about this, because we were of split minds here we needed okay. like a two-voice coin to uh decide uh, because myself and pete enjoy the movie okay alan and ashley did not enjoy the movie um i so, 
I will say part of my enjoyment came from my running commentary of the movie with Chris. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it could be a different experience in the theater versus at home like that. Yeah. So like, I am definitely one of those people who like, like, you know that I, I love a horror movie. If like, I, I am absolutely silent and I'm just like totally immersed in the world. Right. Or, I love it if I can't stop talking. If there, if I like make a random comment now and then, and it's sort of like bleh, I'm bored. But like, if I can't stop talking, that's then I'm enjoying it for an entirely different reason. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so Chris and I were just like back and forth in it. Like, what is yeah. this happening? What is what? What's what? What's that? Like, blah blah blah. So, right. yeah, that was part of I, my enjoyment. I, I really so when a movie started, I'm thinking okay, this is a different type of movie than I thought. Like, this is going to be, like, Grindhouse. Are we going, you know, this is, like, this is when, champy. When, you know, this is when the, right? When the doctor was like, let's cut out the cancer, I was just like, we're yeah. leaning into this really hard right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I'm there for that. But then, like, you got to do that. So, but that's the hook. And so that's supposed to set the tone for the film. And, um... So it's like, okay, that's the kind of ride we're on right now. And then as it went, it became, it, it moved from that to immediately like brutal. Yes. Like, like you, you know, this is my fault you're pregnant or something. And like, just. Yeah. Hard turn. Mean. Into, yeah. Yeah. And then slammer against the wall. Like, I was like, wow. Okay. Um, that's a different different tone and then um then we get more camera shots that look like the evil dead yep and and just and so it started to build on me like we're mishmashing what seems to me like a lot of favorite horror sub genres uh of james wan it would be my guess like yeah. i want to hear from him about this movie because i think this movie yeah. is very unique in the sense that it's such a a compilation of we and James Wan is so competent that I feel like he knows exactly what he's trying to do here. And mm -hmm. not sure exactly what his point is. To me, the point has to just be kind of a love letter to like all the different elements of horror that yes he enjoys. Mm -hmm. Because we have the campy, we have the the camera as the monster going up the stairs. We have the like um the still moments of like those in the one guy's apartment with the blue and red yes. lights and stuff. It looks so good. Always the fog in places, mm -hmm. the camera that pans from the top down of the house and follows her all the way through. Loved that. Love that camera work. When, yeah. When she's like room to rooming it. I was mm -hmm. very much like this is other horror movies. This is also like the game 12 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, mm -hmm. like, looked down i loved it enjoyed mm -hmm. it so much and so i thought that i don't know and like we have like science experimenty kind of things involved in the movie mm -hmm. you know but we have all these cool like cinematography moments and like but then we yes. have it like this music that sounded like it's from tom and andy's resident evil or something right mixed with like a, a monster that's running backwards right doing acrobatics i'm like well, and like it, like I dug it in the opening right after she was like, let's cut out the cancer. And then it was like, yeah, this, like, yeah. you know, and I was mm -hmm. like super into it. And then it came back in the movie and I was like, 
oh no, like I don't like it anymore. Like I, it it didn't mesh into the parts where it was sure. in the rest of the movie. The opening totally worked like a charm. It was all set up perfectly into itself. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I was like, oh no, I needed something else to be here in this moment. Right. I I I was a I enjoyed it in moments, but yeah, it's it, it was out of place at, at times. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just think that I feel like there's a lot of references that I'm not making the connections with. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel that they have seen them before and yep. I'm just not connecting the dots. Right. Um, but at the chase scene through the underground. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the in Seattle there was really cool it was really, really well cool. done and really well shot it was also um, one of my favorite like like commentary moments because i was definitely like don't go down there like you know mm-hmm. when like our creature smashes a hole and just like wiggles through like a hole in the wall and the detective's like sure like i'm yeah. i'm <laughs> following and it's the exact same thing when like your main character runs upstairs when a killer's chasing them, you're like, girl, don't go upstairs. Yeah. Like, you know, yep. I, it was the exact same thing. I was like, cop, don't go down the sewer. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know where you're going. It was just, you know, it's like one there of those lot great, of... fantastic yeah. moments. There were a lot of bad choices, but I was I was OK with them because, again, they felt like they were aware of it. I mean, OK, so your door is open, right? You you think someone's around. You go into your kitchen or wherever the door is open. You go Don't and lock shut it. the door and lock it. Get out. <laughs> Get out of your place. You're right. It's already too late. Yes. It's too late. Even the guy in the apartment with the footprints, he's just like, ah, just mop them up. Never mind that. Right? I'm like, you're by yourself in this place right now. This is happening. You bail. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or like when she's same scene when she's in the house and thinks she sees something across the street and she's running around like shutting the curtains like, mm-hmm. oh, what you yep. doing? Oh, nope. yeah, that's that's like one of my favorite parts of horror movies to like comment on. And of course, mm-hmm. like I was in my own home watching it, so I felt free yep. to yell that out. Whereas mm-hmm. like at a theater, I may not have done so. So, yep. I don't know. I had lots of problems, but I, I just, I really, yeah, I really liked it a lot in, in, in many cinematography ways. Yeah. Like reference ways. And it was just constantly fun. And I, I liked the, um, you know, the detective, he's saying something about needing, you know, something right in front of him as a, a pair or something And this poor, like, you know, crime scene, um, scientist there is like, you know, crushing on him. I yes. like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, his partner who's like the typical skeptical cop, like yep. Mm-hmm. yep, just aggressively going after things, even though she's like sees evidence of other things happening. She's like, no, can't do it. I mean, yeah. Is it wrong for me to in, in, like this movie, had so much fun with it? Because even though all these things are like um, you know taken from somewhere else it's like not inherently good by themselves it's like but i'm enjoying it because of the you know i don't know yeah this like, like collage of, of yeah you know familiarity and and sometimes tropiness but also like yeah. we did get we did get some different things too like there were 
there were a lot of, like you said, it's kind of like a love letter to horror. There were a lot of familiar things um, about, you know, the movie. Uh, like you said, different shots, like monster crawling up the stairs, looking down, skeptical cop, like a lot of different things, you know, science experiment gone wrong. Um, but then there were like new things where like, you know, she did have this like crazy um, parasitic twin that, you know, yeah. was was much different than than other things I've seen in the, you know, like twin trope of horror mm -hmm. Um and was quite different in in the way that it made me call back to details in earlier scenes where, you know, she's got this twin on the back half of her body who, like, uses her body backwards. And in previous scenes, I hadn't quite figured out why the, like, killer was facing backwards. Mm. You know, when they had the doctor in the bed and, like, she she slash yeah. he stabs him and she's like facing backwards i hadn't sort of registered that and then at the end when all was revealed and they did the whole like mm -hmm. peeling open my skull and like backwards body i was like wow i really appreciate you know you guys clearly thought of this in earlier scenes and like there were callbacks and like all the way to the beginning of the movie with this sharp sharp tone shift you know when she hits her head on the where her yep. boyfriend, her husband, like hits her head and like reawakens this like dormant twin that she has. Lots of like really smart callbacks and yep. you know really smart building. Yep. I mean, and think of this: the monster here in this mm -hmm. film is so many different monsters. In right. One. You know, you have it in the beginning. It's like okay, is this? It's like grindhouse slasher kind of thing. Then you have like wispy sort of, you know, in, it's intruder, you know, yes. person across the street, someone's in my house. Watching cartoons, like, yeah. Yep. Then it's like ghost, you know, it's like ghost or per possession or something she's seeing through the right, eyes right. and stuff. Then it's like, um, like, uh, what's the, like a hunchback of Notre Dame or like a vampire almost, yeah. like hiding out. It's like keeping mm -hmm. a, a prisoner kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a um like a a madman killer going yeah. around like you can jump through things or whatever and it, like right uh, you know kind of thing then you've got like a, a dr a, jekyll mr hyde like yep you know flip-flop monster yeah then you've got werewolf mm -hmm. like terror just going into the police station and tearing everybody up complete mm -hmm. utter chaos then you've got the the mad science experiment, you know, gone wrong. Yes, yes. You know, this this monster is everything and hits all these genres in one yep. thing. And yep. I just and then and then still is its own thing. Yeah. At the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Is it a great movie? I don't think so. No. But I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was it was pretty well done. And I I, I feel like they had a lot of fun making it. I agree. You know? I agree, so. and I felt that. Mm -hmm. I so so three three definitely main points that I want to hit. Um, one, I do the our monster Gabriel, her parasitic twin, clearly loves a good bone break, and so do the filmmakers. It got a little gratuitous. I was like, <laughs> like how many bones can I see sticking through arms and legs? Like, guys. Um, 
I mean, it was fun, and I and I get the, like, you know, very visceral nature of, you know, taking over her body and, like, you know, beating these people up. But yeah. at one point, I was, like, seen, like, 12 arm bones. Like, I, I can't mm-hmm. see any more arm bones, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, but on the flip side of that, that police station battle was excellent. I That was... <laughs> That was some of my favorite, like, more overt camera work, um, mm-hmm. you know, where I liked in the beginning, yeah. like us following her room to room and like that kind of like top down shot that was quite different. But then I loved the like the choreography and cinematography of that that police station battle. It was John Wick all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And it was clear they saved like a lot of their special effects budget for those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I. One of the things I really loved about this movie, and I think it's something I love about horror movies in general, old technology is automatically creepy. Like Mm. when they were playing those like VHS tapes, not only did Mm. I really love the acting from the mom and the sister, because I actually thought it was really good at that point. um, But I loved them like finding VHS tapes and like putting them in the player and like the you know, mm-hmm, the crackle of mm-hmm. the white noise. There's something so inherently creepy in all horror movies about old technology, finding something on old, like recordings and VHS tapes and, mm-hmm. you know, like records, whatever it is, it's, it's automatically nefarious if it's old. Mm-hmm. And you I know, love it. Isn't it, isn't it satisfying to like uh, analog? I, I'm wondering like yeah. if it's just cause I'm a hipster or if it's like our generation, that's going to be the end of it or what? Because there's something to me that is satisfying or more um, meaningful from something that's analog or physical and real. It's kind of like yes. reading a real book. Yes. It's like putting in a cassette or a mm-hmm. record. It's right. It's like, it's like biting into a turkey leg, you know, mm-hmm. at the rent fest or something. Yep. All these like very physical, non-digital things. Somehow that, seems like, more real. Yeah, that I feel like, you know, as we, you know, I want to get, get into talking about the movie Her because I can always <laughs> talk about the movie Her. But like as we get more and more into everything is ephemeral and transitory and not real and um i don't know so i appreciate that kind of thing in the mo- yeah you know in these movies I, I think that it's um i don't know there's a tactile it's this is this is nothing to do with the movie anymore i just <laughs> just no like, I, just I totally say, get I, it it's um you know as a, becoming an old man now <laughs> i feel like uh you know there's something important to to that for some reason and mm-hmm. I think it's something deeper in us, like ingrained in our biology. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe gets bred or evolved out somehow, but I don't think so. So. Yeah, I Change think it. there's there's something there's something fun about always in horror movies seeing older technology and it mm-hmm. and it always being used in these these very like real documentary ways you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there's always when there's like some sort of science experiment or you know patient treatment or whatever they always have to go back and find the physical files or the physical vhs tapes or the physical like cassette recordings of their audio sessions or whatever it's like there's some sort of like feeling of realness and truth 
in those like te older technologies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's sure, just you could just find a flash drive and put in a computer and listen well, to all the files. Like, that too. Not the but same. It's, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. So I, I loved that about I love that about this movie. It was just mm -hmm. fun. It was creepy and fun. And like I said, some of the really great acting from the mom and the sister at those points when they were like learning the truth along with us. Yep. It was fun. And there's almost like a, another thing, too, about the the analog stuff in, in horror movies. Mm, yeah, there's a there's an imp imperfection and um, yeah, uh, like unpredictability about it. So it works in a movie like Sinister. Mm -hmm. You get, to get these old film reels and stuff yeah. or whatever. And, you know, you so can creepy. get more artifacting and different stuff. And it, it just, yeah, it works so well for, for mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So. Switching, right. switching quick to something that did not work well, though, I do have to say after this big reveal, parasitic twin takes over her body and it was so good and I was so there with it. And then um, her sister, you know, her adoptive sister, like shouts out to her. She's trying to like call her back and like call yep. her call, you know, our main character, Annabelle Wallace, um, who, by the way, like sports a terrible wig in this movie. But like, I sort of get like how she has to have crazy hair now because she had to hide her parasitic twin. <laughs> so I, I forgave the costume department for that. Um, but so, yeah, so she's trying to call her back and get her to, you know, retake possession of her body. And she's like, your twin was like using the energy of your unborn babies. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, this is absolutely going to be the turning point because she was so hell bent on like having a baby. You yep. can't mess with that. She's going to take him down. And I was so looking forward to it. And that was so anticlimactic. She That's just so? sort of like, I did. I needed, I needed just like a little bit more time mm. to, you know, have her not just like walk into her mind and be like, sorry, so, did, Gabriel, locking you back up. So do you, you want the I mean? scene to play out longer? Like um, in him, him being locked in the fantasy, but not and not being revealed to the audience yet. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, I just needed a little bit more of like a fight. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I just needed a little bit more struggle, a little bit more like surprise. I just, I felt like the the dialogue got a little cheesy. Yeah. Of you know, like sorry, I'm you know, you're never taking over my mind, and it's my body, and you know, it just got a little like. I don't know. Up until that point, like the campiness was fun and I was there with it. And then, then it, it just like pushed it a little too far. And I needed something more, more imaginative from that last scene. I think that was probably my biggest complaint of the whole thing was like the inconsistency with acting. Like most of the time yeah. it worked. And I thought it was good. But there was there were some times, particularly right at the beginning and then right at the end. Yep. Where it was like, what? we are acting in a movie. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I didn't need that switch from genres, really. You know, yeah. I don't know, um, because there, I don't think it was on the actors because there yeah, were plenty of moments that are very well done. But yeah, yeah, there were some there were some dialogue issues, I actually thought. And there's mm -hmm. sometimes only so much you can do and convey with a line. And it's just a horrible line. And you just have yep. to make what you can of it. Um, but yeah, I agree. There were there were moments right at the beginning and right at the end where it just got like, ooh, I am speaking lines in a movie right now. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Which 
I don't think James Wan wrote the screenplay. No. But when you're on set and you're shooting and it's like those are the lines, you're like, we're not doing that one. <laughs> right? We're, we're not doing that you one. You can make executive decisions yep. to be like, no. This is my movie. No. We're going to not do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was that was just my disappointment because everything was so good and the setup was so good and I was just like ready for them to like have a you know, mind battle between these two twins. And then it just, it, it fell a little flat. Well, so. I won't spoil it, but for the audience here, but mm. you can't beat the mind battle, in my opinion, uh, from um, the sequel to The Shining. I'm blanking on the name right now. Oh, um, Ewan McGregor? Yeah, it's in, it's in yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh my God. God. Shoot. That movie's so good. Right. Um, Doctor Sleep. Thank you. Yes. Thank yes. you, Alan. I appreciate that. I knew it was like a doctor something. I don't know why mm -hmm. I, my brain went Dr. Penny, but no, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. That is absolutely there's, what it is. There's a scene in there where I remember in the theaters, I think telling, <clears throat> I think Peter was like, whoever made X-Men should be ashamed. And they never did this scene mm -hmm. with, with Charles Xavier and, and yeah. someone else. So, yeah, they could have done up the Mayan battle for sure. Yes. But yeah, overall, like I had fun with it. it it's not going to go down among the greats of like my horror movie favorites. Right. Absolutely. Yep. It was just fun. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, I think that'll about do it. We've talked. We've covered a lot of a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. Um. So hope you have stuck with us unless you didn't see malignant then i hope you didn't unless you weren't <laughs> going to see it at all that's fine too um anyways this has been Popcast on the rocks episode 75 we're a weekly podcast talking about pop culture things very often we're on wednesdays um sometimes we're doing fridays now we'll see how it goes um but yeah once a week you should make sure you follow like subscribe and all that stuff on youtube here on twitch Twitter, Facebook. Let us know if we need to like um, be on TikTok too. I, you know, I, I don't know. Let us know <laughs> if that's what you're you doing. Demand. You're doing anything to avoid pulling out that Batman mask for <laughs> for TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I, I should probably should have brought on the show. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um. Anyways, leave us some reviews. Let us know um, where we can improve and what you like. And um, if you have different opinions, you're like, no. Christian Bale's Batman voice is the best. So, yeah. I mean, that's totally legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to thank Killing the Flower for our theme song. You can check them out on YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram. Thank you very much. And um, you should check out Lucas333. That's Lucas with a K on Twitch. Um, usually streaming three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, so take a look at that. I haven't been able to stream with him recently if, because of work, but he's playing with his brother and it's a lot of, a lot of fun there. They've been playing Splitgate. So anyways, that'll do it for us. We'll catch everyone next week. And Andrea, thanks again for joining me. Of course. Cheers, everybody. Boy, the other drums crack. <laughs>